Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home, office, and garage using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2, owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. Smithville Telephone Company, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922, offering bundled packages, high-speed internet, and wireless phones. Smithville Telephone, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Salzberg from the Herald Times in Bloomington. Today we're going to talk about the role of youth centers in the lives of young people in South Central Indiana. With us, uh, with me in the studio is co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael. Yeah, I'm just catching my breath from reading that. From reading promo. that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have three guests today. Uh, Jeff Baldwin is with us. Jeff is executive director of the Boys and Girls Club of Bloomington. Uh, Columbus Foundation for Youth Executive Director David Westenberger is here. And driving over from Terre Haute uh, is Terre Haute's Reeves Hall Youth Center Director Jim Edwards. If you would like to join us on the program, please phone us at 855-0811 if you're in Bloomington or Monroe County. Uh, if you're outside of the listening area, say in uh, Columbus or Terre Haute, you could call us at 877-285-9348. And anybody out there who wants to join us on the website, wfiu.org slash noon edition, feel free to go to the website. You can send comments, questions, uh, whatever you want to uh, to communicate uh, to us. So um, thanks for being here, guys. Oh, you're welcome. Appreciate it's it. Pleasure. Two of you had to drive to, to get here. And, well, I guess, uh, Jeff, you had to drive too, but just not, <laughs> not very far. Not as far. No. He could have slid over. <laughs> well, we have a sort of a general topic, but, uh, you know, in terms of what youth, youth centers, um, I assume clubs like the Boys and Girls Club, we can, we can veer off into various areas, what they mean for young people today. But let's start by, and I think I'm going to turn to uh, Jim first, to just talk about your, um, your youth center and uh, maybe the history of it and, and a, a program or two that you offer. Okay, the uh, the name of it now has changed. Okay. It's Rives Youth Center Rives, okay. at, at Lang Hall, kind of a long name. It's part of Catholic Charities Terre Haute, and we've been open now a little over 26 years. Our focus is mo- mostly uh, providing services to uh, inner-city children that live in poverty. Of course, any child that walks through the door is welcome to uh, participate. All of our programs are free of charge. We... Uh, uh, serve an evening meal. We've got a uh, preschool primarily for homeless children that uh, is an all-day program. We've got Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, uh, boxing, basketball, tutoring, arts and crafts, amateur radio, computer uh, education. Uh, we do quite a bit. Mm-hmm. All right. And David? Yes. How about, uh, how about your foundation for youth? Um, Foundation for Youth has been around since 1928 in Columbus. Uh, It's grown quite a bit over the years, and now it's a merging of several agencies under one bigger umbrella. So we're a Boys and Girls Club, a Big Brother, Big Sister. We run a basketball program. We also run the PAL programs, the Police Athletic League programs now. Um, And we have an outdoor education center, a camp that operates year-round with school groups, summer camps, corporate groups, um, and we also work with teens that uh, recruit other teens to do volunteer work in the community, um, have a gymnastics center in our building. 
Mm-hmm. Gymnasium, pool, boys and girls club. So mm-hmm. we should have asked him what they don't do. <laughs> right. Sleep. <laughs> what? what uh, yeah, don't sleep. sleep. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, what age range do you? Do each of you serve? Well, at Rives, we uh, we serve, of course, preschool starting at three. Our after school program starts at five, and uh, most of the programs uh, finish at seventeen. But we have a neighborhood association and and our boxing club and and a few other things like GED instruction that uh, are open for adults. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, David? Uh, we say birth, birth to earth. Birth to earth. <laughs> okay. So you serve anybody. All right. Um, Jeff, I want to turn to you and, and there are two different things I want to talk about with you. One okay. is uh, the Boys and Girls Club and you can give that uh, long and storied history and then also the very short history of the Youth and Community Center of Monroe County and talk about how that came into being. Okay. Uh, very simply with the, the clubs in, in Bloomington, uh, there are two clubs as of right now. Uh, the main club on, on South Lincoln, been in existence uh, not at that facility but as an organization since 1956, um, opened the Crestmont Club in the Bloomington Housing Ad- uh, Ad- um, Authority District in 92. Um, we serve, uh, I would say, right around 225 kids per day uh, combined at both of those sites and uh, see, I would say, right around 750 members per year at this point. Um, the Youth and Community Center of, of Monroe County uh, is, was part of uh, a leadership uh, Bloomington Monroe County project uh, from the class of 07 and 08. Uh, and I'm very proud to say, too, I think this is really neat that, that two of the group members of five, um, besides myself, making three of us all together, are still very intimately involved in, in bringing this project forward. Um, we're, we're not in existence at this point, but uh, um, as far as serving kids, but will be come uh, March of, of this year, right after uh, the Richland Bean Blossom uh, spring break. So um, concept very similar to, to David's uh, that we will uh, – we're and really, too, it's, it's interesting. I'm here as, as a representative from the Boys and Girls Club, but, but really there, there really needs to be a voice here from Eltsville uh, that there is a group of people. There's an established advisory council of, of um, individuals from Eltsville who are um, leading, really leading the charge with it and, and, and are the ones who will carry the torch and say, yes, that we will we'll serve on the board of directors and, and establish this youth and, youth and community center. So um, I want to make sure that they, they get their – their fair shake here today because they really are the ones who are going to make this happen. Essentially, we'll have a, uh, a youth and community center that will uh, serve as an umbrella for the Boys and Girls Club uh, of Ellettsville uh, and also receiving outreach uh, services from Girls Incorporated and Big Brothers Big Sisters at this point. Mm-hmm. So what led to your, um, your group and your leadership, Bloomington Group, Bloomington Monroe County Group, deciding that this was uh, a a project that needed to happen and something that you felt was necessary to do. Um, in that class, we were the when it was project pick day. We were the last group to kind of come together there were, um, of all the ones that that, that gelled and, and such. And um, there used we used to provide service to, to Altsville, but uh, had a, an unfortunate situation happen with our, our transportation uh, provider out there and weren't serving kids in that community. And I was, for the, you know, 
prior, you know, the post months after that incident was receiving numerous phone calls from Ellisville parents about, so what's going to happen? So what's going to happen? So what's going to mm-hmm. happen? And, you know, you, you realize that uh, that there was a need just within itself there that, that Ellisville was not served. And, and when you began to really look at it and see what was going on in Ellisville, I could see why parents were calling me. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, so, you know, the class came along and the opportunity presented itself that, well, this would be a great opportunity to, to create this this idea. I, ever since I've come out of the club, I've 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 really um, been one who's a proponent of um, of partnering and and working together and sharing the resources that we have. Um, uh, it is so difficult to, as, as I'm both both these gentlemen would would agree to. Um, to find the resources to do what it is you want to do effectively. And, and that's one of the quick challenges I found when I came on at the Boys and Girls Club is that we were serving kids but not nearly at the level that I wanted mm-hmm. to be serving kids. And so starting to look at ways to get that done. And this t- makes a lot of sense for me is having this coagulation of all these groups working together and sharing their resources to better you know, um, serve the kids. If if I may just follow up, and hopefully all three of you will jump in on this, um, give me a, a better sense of serving the kids versus serving the kids at the level that you'd like to serve mm-hmm. the kids. You know, what's well, where were you serving them, and where would you like to be serving, or or where are you serving them, and what would you like to be doing differently? Well, I guess I'll, I'll start with that. Okay. Um, you know, for us, it's it's really all about people. Um, if, if you're going to change the lives of kids. You need people to do it. You need mm-hmm. professional people to do that. Um, and uh, the vast majority of our uh, frontline staff are really work-study students from IU. Not that they're not, you know, not able to get the job done to some degree, but not quite at the level that we need it to, do, to be. Um, they're, not, they're not there consistently five days a week. You know, every, every moment of the time that we're, uh, we're there and serving kids, so there's you know, lack of consistency um, with the programming and, and, and with that, you just really can't – you can't have the impact initially that, that, that needs to happen. So having people who are committed to the program, uh, that uh, they're going to be there every day to, to lead the different areas that we, um, that we address in our, in our programming, um, you know, we just, we're, we're going to struggle mm-hmm. to be able to get to that level that we need to. Mm-hmm. David? Yeah, I think – well, there's been a change over the last – 10 or 15 years in youth centers that went from a lot and a lot of boys and girls clubs were drop-in care and really provided what we used to call custodial care. I mean, they were safe, uh, they got a snack, and it was kind of on your own activities. And that's really uh, shifted, and that was a shift we began about 10 years ago to really get to positive, proactive youth development, um, doing things like one-on-one tutoring, helping with reading. Uh, there's a program through Boys and Girls Clubs in the state that addresses that, um, and we actually pre and post their grades. Are are these activities we do with kids improving their performance in the educational system? Um, things like Big Brother Big Sister, developing relationships and relationship skills, learning to trust adults more. Um, the mentoring piece is huge for kids these days. Um, helping them develop some self esteem because a lot of the kids that we see, all of us see due to their home circumstances, don't have reinforcement of anything they do for the first five years of their life. So we forget that, um, that they've never been complimented on anything or had any positive uh, reinforcement given. So 
that's good that we've changed. But now, as, as Jeff said, it takes people to make people. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I would guess in all of our budgets, it pr- approaches 80 percent of your, our of our expenses. Your staffing. Yeah. yeah. Our staff costs, you know, approach 80 percent, which is out of line with most businesses. But it, it is what it is because mm-hmm. of what we do. So um, I think the resources to do more, certainly having a nice facility with several options is a great thing to have, but it comes with its own uh, challenges and financial burdens mm-hmm. as well. Uh, but yeah, people, mm-hmm. pe- more people would make us better at doing what we do. Mm-hmm. Jim? Uh, we started as an all-volunteer organization and, and have grown to where we, we have several staff and we've tripled the size of the building. and. And uh, five years ago, we did that, and now we need to add more space. Uh, I agree that there's a great difference between custodial care and uh, trying to uh, reach the children and motivate them uh, to become productive adults. And I think that if we all look back on our childhood, it was an adult that touched our lives. It was an adult that uh, convinced us that we could do more and made us want to uh, uh, understand and become better educated. And there are many children, especially the ones that I work with, that have adults in their life that are just the opposite and make them want to shut down and make them want to uh, uh, drop out of school. You know, almost all of the children I work with uh, have... uh, you receive free or reduced lunches. In Vigo County, the dropout rate of those children is over 50%. So we're not succeeding that way. Uh, I, I just put an educational coordinator on, on board uh, because I had a, a funder that wanted to give us uh, scholarships, and I said to be a good steward of my donation, I can't do that because I know my children aren't going to be going to college if we don't have more focus. So I asked for a staff person. Unfortunately, that person's left and I'm looking for another one. (laughs) And that comes to the fact that we don't have adequate funding to uh, employ people that want to stay for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Last week, I interviewed a a gentleman for the position and the first thing out of his mouth was, well, this would be a great position to put on a resume. Mm. You know, my children don't need resume building. (laughs) They need someone that is planning on staying for quite a while. Right, continuity. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I I have lots of volunteers. I have foster grandparents, AARP workers, uh, AmeriCorps workers, uh, just interns, volunteers, all sorts of things. But, you know, to provide a stable force, you know, we we need staff. Two years ago, I had a uh, Microsoft Unlimited Potential grant. It was unlimited potential, but not unlimited funding, and it was a one-year grant uh, that was non-renewable. I had a three-quarter time uh, computer person, and we had kids going through classes, learning how to use the computer, learning how to repair computers, and then receiving their own computer. Now I'm using AmeriCorps and it's, it's stumbling. You know, uh, several years ago I had a, 
uh, United Way highlighted program, which was a two-year program, non-renewable, and it allowed me to have counselors on staff uh, in the evenings free of charge. Great program. Again, after uh, that two-year period, I could not find funding uh, to, to compensate the counseling. And so that program dropped. Two important programs for our children that I no longer offer because of funding. Frustrating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to say the least. Okay, so you've certainly got personnel issues to deal with. That simply being, you know, being able to pay folks and keep them for an extended period of time. What about facilities? You said that um, you're you've added on, but you need to add on again. Describe an ideal facility, and I'd like to hear that from each of you. I would imagine a gym would be included in that. Yeah, my gymnasium is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got, and there again, it depends. the The larger you grow. Uh, the more children you attract, you know, and and when we tripled the size, obviously I thought this was enough, you know, and it, it's sort of like uh, I'm old enough that uh, I remember the first IBM compatible computer I had, and the hard drive was a 10 meg hard drive, and I walked away swearing that there is no way I could fill that. There's so to say an ideal facility, mm-hmm. you know. There's always going to be increased, uh, you know, outcomes, increased mm-hmm. goals, mm-hmm. Uh, like our boxing program. Uh, you know, 20 years ago when I had boxing, you know, we didn't even have uh, a practice ring and a, a regular ring. Now we do. Now we host uh, in. Uh, uh, I think uh, May will be hosting the. Uh, uh, Junior Olympics for the state. But now that means I need a larger area for the boxing club to grow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's always, you know, if your program grows, there's always going to be more need. So I can't say what an ideal facility would be mm-hmm. unless you want to limit uh, what your goals are for your children. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're fortunate to be in a, a fairly new uh, and fairly a sophisticated facility. I think the advantage our facility has is its adaptability, which is what Jim's talking about. The way you reach kids changes almost daily sometimes, seems like, but uh, you know, different program areas become more popular and you have to be able to adapt the building to that. Um, it, you know, we have two gymnasiums, a gymnastics center, a pool, a boys and girls club, and our in-town facility. Um, and it's a luxury for those kids. Well, it's a luxury for our community, but it comes with a price tag that's mm-hmm. difficult to maintain. Um, but, it, you know, we see a, about a 1,000 people a day come through there, so it's well utilized. But the only way we're able to utilize it to that extent is the adaptability of it, mm-hmm. that we can use every area for multiple activities, um, which was by design. Um, and we've changed a lot of our rooms. I mean... The teen rooms, the library, and the libraries, the phonology room, and we've moved we move things around all the time because kids change what they want to do. Um, so to me, I, ideal would be, and it's never big enough. Ours is almost sixty thousand square feet, and it could be twice that, sure. and we could fill it. Wow, wow. Jeff. Yeah, I would I would echo what they've said as well. I think that uh, that all of us have learned to to work really well with what we have always. You know, David pointed out that, you know, how many different times do you move things around to be more efficient? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so that just happens all the time. I know with the clubs um, that we operate, we are looking at with the, the Youth and Community Center of Mono County opening um, in March to move into um, the old Ellsville School, mm-hmm. uh, a part of it that has been uh, unused since it was a school. So it um, works out very well for us. You know, I think it's a good basic uh, layout and uh, does have a gym that we can use. Uh, it's not perfect in any way, but I think it's a, mm-hmm. a more than – more than I would have hoped for initially uh, for it. So it's, it's, a, it's an, an exciting starting place for us. Can we talk about that for just a second? What's, your, uh, what's the reaction been from uh, local, local government officials? Very good. Very supportive. Um, we have uh, – we've presented to them some time ago actually. Um, and uh, now we're, we're at the looking for the, the support phase, the real support phase, the, mm-hmm. the funding phase. And we'll see what, uh, what we receive there. We have uh, – we did receive a very nice grant from the – uh, not government grant, but uh, some money from um, the Community Foundation of Bloomington, Monroe County. And uh, uh, that $24,000 grant allowed us to, to hire our, our center director and, and bring her on board after the first of the year. So she's been uh, – she's probably listening right now and gathering some <laughs> notes. And, uh, Amy? Is that Amy? Amy, Amy uh-huh. Matney. Yes, we're very excited to have Amy on board. She's done a great job of hitting the ground running, and, and she has an intern with her working as well from IU that's been fabulous. Tori, so – um, kudos to both of them for, for carrying the torch so well. And I assume there will be uh, information available, made available publicly for folks who want to start taking advantage of the new center, center in March. Most definitely. Um, I, I want to say that the, the brochure I have in front of you there has our mm-hmm. website on it. And I want to say that it's yccmc.org. Uh, we've established that at this point so they can go and, and check that out. I was you know talking to Amy about that this morning, that that is um, uh, up I want to say that it's up and running or that it will be within the next two days uh, so that people can go and access that and a lot of different uh, uh, you know, pages to it so that they can, they can gather information and, and know who to talk to. to and I see there's a connected. phone number here too. Um, can we give that out? Sure, certainly. Okay. It's uh, 812-332-5311 or yccmc.org if you have a child in the Ellettsville area. Uh, now, is it limited to kids in that area or is that just – you know, it's it's going to be, I'm sure, similar to you know the, the club that we run. I mean, if you want to come from Zionsville and come mm-hmm. to the club, you I mean you certainly are welcome to. But uh, it will it will end up, you know, serving really the kids in the um, the Eltsville school system, the Richland Bean Blossom area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to give a shout out to to the the uh, the school system there has agreed to provide transportation uh, for all of the schools to the center. So uh, we're excited to have that. That's a great that. hurdle to overcome. Oh. Unbelievable hurdle. You know, it's a, it's just amazing to say that we're halfway through the program already, and we we have barely started. I think yeah. we've got a lot of things we want to talk about with the three of you. We're talking with uh, three different people who are are working directly with uh, young people in our communities of, of Bloomington, Ellettsville, Terre Haute, and Columbus and surrounding communities. Um, Jeff Baldwin is here, as is David Westenberger and Jim Edwards, and we'll be back to talk to them after we take a short break. You're listening to. Noon edition. You're listening to Noon Edition on member supported WFIU. You can take WFIU programs with you by downloading our podcasts. Podcasting is a convenient and easy way to download audio files directly to your computer, iPod, or portable player. You can download podcasts of full-length programs like Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, 
or short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, as well as movie, play, and opera reviews. Find out more by going to our website, WFIU.org. On Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, the WFIU News Team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting South Central Indiana. Listen at 8.33 a.m. and 5.45 p.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to catch that day's feature. If you miss one, that's okay. They're archived on our website, WFIU.org, and the best features from each week can be heard Saturday mornings at 745. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times along with Mary Catherine Carmichael. And we have three guests today. The uh, Executive Director of the Boys and Girls Club of Bloomington, Jeff Baldwin, is here. Columbus Foundation for Youth Executive Director, David Westenberger, is with us. And Terre Haute's Rives Youth Center Director, Jim Edwards, is here today. If you uh, would like to join us, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. Or you can join us by going to our website, wfiu.org slash noon edition. And uh, even though we, uh, we just talked through that first half hour, we would love to hear from you. So please feel free to give us a call. Um, one thing I think we have to talk about uh, this you know, January of 2009 is the economic situation that we're all facing, that everybody is facing. How, how has that had an impact on each of your organizations? Jim? I would say in the Terre Haute area, we've lost businesses mm-hmm. that are uh, uh, very important to donors. Mm-hmm. And realistically, you know, when, whenever any of us have any liquid cash that, that we're looking – at, you know, if, if times are tough, you know, we have to protect ourselves first before we look at uh, other, uh, other issues. And so uh, I, I see that as a, a definite uh, problem. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it also adds to the fact that we need to uh, – there, there's a greater demand to prove uh, our assessment to prove that we're meeting the goals that we say we Mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. And so we spend more and more time proving those goals instead of uh, working with the children to uh, uh, expand the capacity of what we already have. David? Yeah, we're somewhat somewhat unique in certain economic times that we not only see a reduction in in revenues from contributions and, and uh, gifts from endowments. Our endowments are low. Everything's mm-hmm. low. So we see the revenues drop off. But in times like this, the need goes up as well. Mm-hmm. So we have increased expenses, increased use. More kids need services um, for a variety of reasons due to the current economic situation. And our revenues go down because of it. Um, so we get it on on both sides, which is a little bit unusual in, in, in business in general sometimes. Um, I mean, we've seen it. We offer scholarships for families based on need, uh, living at or below the poverty level. In '07, we gave out ninety thousand dollars in scholarships. In '08, we gave out one hundred and fifty thousand. Wow! So, we've already seen, and a lot of that came from the last three or four months. Um, we were on track by mid-year. We were expecting one hundred and ten or so, but we had that much of a jump just to, due to the increased need and in families um, losing jobs and not having income wow. to pay. So it's significant. And our costs go up to do business as well. So it, it's 09 will be a very tough year. 
for, yeah. for any of us, I, I assume. Jeff? Uh, yeah, I would echo you know, what David said. It's exactly right. As, 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 uh, as times become more challenging, people tap our services. They need it. And, uh, and it is. It's just a, a very uh, – it's a nasty double-edged sword. And uh, and, it, and it does make it make it pretty scary. Um, I think Bloomington is is somewhat fortunate. We're a little more isolated or insulated, really, is the better word, um, because of the the, the university. And um, um, so, it, I mean, that's a, a somewhat of a hopeful piece um, for us that, that we feel that that uh, uh, that can help a little bit. We did see it. We saw a good end of the year uh, giving, um, and I, I also. Um, I'm the eternal optimist, and I, and, I, and one who uh, I actually a lot of times just embrace challenge, and uh, and I think that uh, uh, that the difficulties and challenges actually cause a lot of growth in people and, and force them to look at things a little differently. Um, I think there will be some people who will choose not to support, but I think there'll be a, a good number of people who will choose to support who haven't because of the challenges that they're they're facing at this particular time as well. So. Um, I'm hopeful uh, that, that it will be a good year, but it is, it's scary. I want to talk about something kind of specific. Jim, you mentioned that you serve an evening meal um, yes. at the Rive Center. Um, I'm a mom, so I always worry about feeding kids. And I have an 11-year-old who drinks a half a gallon of milk a day right now. So it's, that's on the, on the top of my mind. Um, do each of you make an effort to, to make food available? Um, and how much of a challenge is that? And where do you get your food? And just if you could go into some of that for, for us, please. I can't imagine an evening meal. It's a big deal. We, uh, we serve an evening meal for uh, all of our children plus any of the parents that uh, – that need a meal. Like I said, we all of our services are free. There's no scholarships because if a child walks in, they just are receiving services immediately. Uh, our meals, uh, we we are part of the food bank, and uh, we receive a lot of the food from the food bank. Uh, also, through the food bank, we receive. Uh, leftovers from Indiana State University, mm-hmm. Rose Hallman, uh, sometimes a Union Hospital. And so we take that food and it's kept warm and, and put on our line right away. We also have kids that, that want to learn to cook, so we bring them in and they help cook. And so uh, our feeding program uh, is, uh, is fairly massive, and uh, the children... Uh, that we serve definitely need a meal. And even if the parents uh, are working, it sure helps stretch Mm -hmm. that budget. Mm -hmm. I know that when my kids were young, you know, there was a standing joke, we wouldn't go anywhere that there wasn't an all-you-can-eat buffet. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, uh, we make sure that all of our children uh, get all the food they want. If they need seconds or thirds, they go ahead and get it. Oh, that's great. That's great. Jim, um, what's the food situation at your place in, in uh, uh, I'm sorry, David, sorry, uh, in Columbus? Uh, we serve a snack after school free to kids. And in the summer, we serve a breakfast, lunch, and snack all free. Um, we have a great partnership with our school corporation um, where we receive a grant and the school corporation provides a food service and they serve the kids at our facility. So, um Great partnership, great for both of us. I mean, it. So they use their same school cooks who then uh, help you so guys. So in the and- summer, the school cooks can maintain their employment and cook the meals for the kids uh, that attend 
the Foundation for Youth Facility in the summer. It's free. Only requirement is to be a kid uh, to get those meals. And it's unfortunate, but we know that for some kids, those are their two meals for the day, the breakfast and lunch they have there. So it's important to be able to provide those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the main club uh, where we see you know 160 to 190 kids a day um, is just a snack, and that's provided through our local uh, food banks. Um, the Crestmont Club, where we'll see anywhere from you know 15 to 25 a day, we do provide a meal every day, uh, and that's done through uh, one. Of, I know one of our meals is through Our Ladies Auxiliary uh, once a day, and and a couple other organizations in town support that. Um, I want to say Avers Pizza is another one that, that does weekly. It's just some, some great people who step up and, and, uh, and get it done for, for those kids that really need it. Great. Our phone numbers again, 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 if you're outside of the Bloomington calling area. And you can join us at WFIU.org slash Noon Edition with your uh, questions or comments. Um, I wanted to uh, give you all three sort of a chance to, to reach out and, and – maybe lobby a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are, what, what are the benefits that you offer kids? And I know there are surveys that you might be able to draw from and just anecdotal information, mm-hmm. specific things that you've seen. Um, David, let's start with you. I mean, what, what, uh, you know, if, you, if you had a potential donor in front of you, how would you be um, trying to persuade that person that your services are really needed? Well, first of all, just the sheer size and, and number of kids that we reach um, is, is a pretty strong selling point for us. We're in a county with 12,000 kids and we served 7,500 last year. Wow. Um, but all our programs have some cornerstones around positive identity, uh, self-esteem building, uh, commitment to learning, importance of education, and leading healthy lifestyles. So in each of what we do is is provide and track and provide outcomes in our different program areas so that uh, we can demonstrate kids that participate in one-on-one tutoring in the Boys and Girls Club, their reading scores improve. Well, we know that for a fact. We test it. Um, big brother, big sister, we know that uh, kids' confidence scales increase after they've had a – after about a six-month mentoring relationship with a big. Um, their attitudes towards school improve. I mean, we measure these things. Um, we do conflict resolution training at our – outdoor facility for every fourth grader in the school corporation and we know that we test those kids later to see if they've retained those uh, skills and techniques for conflict resolution later on and they do you know 90 percent of them do so it's key things that i think as jim said we sort of informally had adults teach us as kids and um the environment's different today so a lot of families have to rely on outside people to do that and we really ask for support through our scholarship fund because it's a it's a good way for us to demonstrate to people what it costs to serve a kid if kids are able to pay what they can pay and then there's a gap to make up and people feel good about providing that. Um, not all our programs have fees, obviously, but um, where they do um, – that's how we like to ask for support. Mm-hmm. David, oh, I, just, you, I just wanted to say if you just joined us, that David is from the Columbus Foundation for Youth. And how do people, if they want to make a contribution to your fund, how would they do that? Uh, foundationforyouth.com. Okay. Yeah. And Jim, Jim Edwards from the Terre Haute Rives Youth Center. I would say that uh, the very first thing, I, you know, I'm not great on, on talking about theories and things like that, but 
there is one called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And that theory says that you need to start with air and food and clothing, shelter, and build up before you can be self-actualized. Our goal is for all of our children to become self-actualized. But first, to to give those basic needs. We're part of Catholic Charities of Terre Haute, so across the street we have a soup kitchen so they can receive lunch before dinner. Uh, we have housing, we have clothes, we have all sorts of basic needs. And then we go on and we collaborate with many, many different programs. We are a site base for uh, Big Brother, Big, Sis- Big Sister. We have uh, uh, Ease Grant uh, mentors that work with our homeless and, and uh, uh foster kids and things like that. And we we also can prove all those evaluations and goals. But, you know, to me, more than that, the children that we deal with oftentimes are lost. You know, they, they just feel lost. They are what politically correct term would be disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. And our children are walking through uh, the halls at school walking down the streets, and they do not feel included. So at our our place, you know, we make a very big effort to know each of the children and treat them as part of our family. So when we're there, we do not say, well, you're a member, you're, a, you're part of our family. And so we now have volunteers that used to come as children, mm-hmm. and they're bringing their children. So we have... Uh, longevity, and we have uh, a sense that people can can feel that they have become, you know, have come from someplace. And so that's probably just as important as all the evaluations because if we don't get to the basic, you know, we'll never grow past that. Mm-hmm. Jeff? Good stuff. Yeah. Um, Got me. I'm going to be all getting over that. You okay. Um, you know, and, and to, to play off... Um, what, uh, what what Jim said there right at the very end of the disenfranchised kids, you know, um, really the, our organizations serve as, as a lifeline. I like to think of that. There's, there's numerous stories that, that I could tell about kids that, uh, um, you know, I can give you a quick snapshot about one young man who uh, came to a, a winter break camp um, as a fifth grader and got himself up every morning and came, you know, via the, the city transit uh, and additionally woke up his uh, his first grade sister and dressed her and brought her as well. That was his response. You know, he took that upon himself to make sure he got to the club uh, because it was a better place to be. During winter vacation, you know, as a, when I was a kid during winter break, I, I couldn't think about being anywhere else but home. It was mm-hmm. exciting. It was, mm-hmm. it was the place to be. So it is. It's a lifeline. Um, I would also be, you know, talking about uh, particular needs in each of our areas. You know, in Monroe County alone, I think one statistic that always stands out and, and kind of shocks me is that out of the 92 counties, Monroe County ranks 85th in median household income. Um, and it just it, it boggles the mind. I mean, you look around and you, you, you don't really think that, that that would be the case, but it's true. You know, 4,500 of our kids uh, in this, in this uh, county are, are living in property. Um, and, it, and it's staggering. Uh, we're, just, we're just not reaching as many of those kids as, as we should be. David alluded to our tutoring programs, um, and he can chime in. I think I'm accurate in saying that across the state, uh, and this is this is a, a mind-blowing number in itself, that the kids who are participating in these programs are increasing their reading and math skills by 30 and 40 percent wow. per the pre- and post-test, 30 and 40 percent. Uh, it's unheard of, and I, I come from an educating background. 
our education background. Um, great pro- other great programs that we provide. We have uh, an aviation club within within our our, our one club, just as a, a a piece of it. Kids uh, enter into this aviation program, learn about the the fundamentals of flight, and it all culminates with a a flight with a with a pilot in a small plane sitting in the co pilot seat. Um, Again, it's 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 rooted in its in the opportunities that we provide uh, for kids within this community that uh, that otherwise they would never have a chance to to enjoy. So, all right, we have about uh, ten minutes to go. So, if you want to join us, eight five five zero eight one one or eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight, or you can uh, join us on the website wfiu.org slash noon edition. Uh, you've mentioned the Aviation Club. I want to hear more about boxing in Terre Haute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, years ago, boxing used to be uh, very, uh, a, a very active sport. And uh, then you know, it kind of drifted off. And recently, it, it's really uh, gotten to be uh, more active. I'm not one that really likes to get punched in the face. I've got to tell you. <laughs> but I will say that, that this program is something that uh, does great things with anger control, uh, with uh, uh, self-reliance. Because when a boxer gets into the ring, there is no one else holding their hand. There is not another team member that they can say, oh, well, we'll give the ball to this person or whatever. It is their job and they're in the ring. And when they get hit, it's their job to control their anger and maintain focus. And so uh, I see that that is a a very unique uh, sporting event. There's always, at any match, there's always a doctor uh, there and and they get uh, examined before and the doctor stays there at ringside. You know, I don't see that with uh, basketball or, or football or anything else. And uh, How many kids do you have in the program? That depends. Yeah. It depends on the, the time of year. Uh, not near as many. There again, that's one of the more expensive programs that we provide because it costs $35 just for the child to uh, uh, get their uh, – a ticket, which is their insurance and their license in, in the mm. boxing, and and then you're talking all the the uh, equipment that wears out very fast. But I would say uh, there's usually about uh, at any one time about twenty twenty kids in our club. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, there's boxing clubs all over uh, the United States. Sure, David. Are there any uh, any unique programs you want to talk about in Columbus? Um, one thing we do in the Boys and Girls Club that's kind of taken off and been pretty neat, it, it started as a gardening club class after school and it's really turned into an entrepreneur's program where the kids uh, do a business plan, write a budget, plant a garden, harvest the vegetables, sell the vegetables, make, learn to make salsa, um, do all sorts of things. So that's really taken off and gotten popular. The garden's right in our on our property in town at our facility. Um, we have some volunteers from the uh, Columbus and Bloom project a couple of year ago, years ago that won a national award. So I've got some good, true green thumbs helping these kids um, do these things. But it's not something they experience um, at home. You know, yeah, we have a lot of basketball and all those things, but try to get some unique. We have an aviation program probably just like Jeff's, things like that. Um, 
What, what, what part does technology play now in keeping the kids occupied? I know we just did a story in our paper today about what kids were doing when they had their snow days. And our reporter came back and said every one of them said they were home playing video games or computer games. I mean, is that a part of what you offer, Jeff? For us, it is. Um, we, we did uh, – we completely upgraded our computer lab uh, a year and a half ago. So uh, the kids have a – I often say they have a better computer than I do for sure. <laughs> and uh, so it uh, – yeah, it's, it's a part of our program that we offer that is um, very popular and um, one of those areas that uh, you have to really work hard to maintain the don't run to the computer lab uh, rule when, uh, when you're announcing that, that you know, activities are open within that space. So uh, it's very popular and, and a key part of what we do. Mm-hmm. All right. Jim, David? I would say that, uh, like I said before, we, we had a Microsoft Unlimited Potential grant. We have uh, actually uh, uh, two computer labs, uh, one for younger children that's not on the Internet and one that is uh, on the Internet. And, and we just received two new computers from uh, a grant from Net Literacy and Verizon. And so we we have everything from uh, Vista to Windows XP to uh, a Linux-based uh, Ubuntu to give them uh, a diversified education of what is out there for uh, computers. Like I said, we also have amateur radio. Technology is a, an important thing to our children. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I would say that it it is a, a false view to think that children are just sitting on uh, the couch and doing nothing. If they have the chance to be out on the gym floor and playing basketball, you're going to find a lot more of them doing that. I've got a, a widescreen TV that was just donated and, and you know, yeah, it's, it's used. But compared to how many play basketball or roller skate or uh, are in the boxing club, not near as many. But very focused activities on education with uh, with uh, computers, or if you, uh, you know, a lot of them uh, are getting on Facebook, things like that. That uh, uh, that is popular. Mm-hmm. I would imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, David, do you want to follow up too? Uh, yeah, we have you know computer lab, a lot of technology in our building. We our philosophy is really to use it as you would in the workplace, and that's a compliment to the to the things that you need to accomplish. It's not an activity in itself. It's necessary to know how to develop spreadsheets on a computer if you're in the Entrepreneurs Club, for example. Um, but we don't really focus on that. Uh, we do have a we in the teen room, of course. But uh, <laughs> So, you know, we do that some. We, Jeff and I were talking on the snow days. We're open uh, when schools are closed. Um, and, and we maybe do a little bit more of that in this downtime, watch a movie or so and Mm -hmm. and play some computer games and Wii, but... That's a time-tested tradition right there. You've got to go that route. The technology is there, certainly, um, but it's really secondary in our our support rather than a specific item. Jeff, you talked about you you really value the relationships that you have with other organizations um, in Monroe County. Let's talk a little bit about each of your relationships with your school systems. I'm sure that that's an absolutely key component to how you plan your programming. It's got to be based somewhat on curriculum and, and uh, you know, your relationship with the schools. Do you want to start, Jeff? Hmm. Um, did I throw you a hard one? Yeah, you did. Uh, 
Do you interact with the schools? We do. They've been they've been very supportive with um, allowing us to disseminate information. Mm-hmm. Um, they have been very good about communicating with staff when when we need to talk about individual kids and some of their academic progress or other issues that uh, that they um, they might be having. I know we've had um, some of the schools reach out to us and and give us some information about certain kids that that we need to know that are coming to our clubs that, mm-hmm. that uh, could endanger others or whatever the case may be. So they've been very helpful that way. Uh, we did have them as a really key transportation partner at one time, and we no longer do uh, as as much as I would like them to be, to be quite honest with you. Um, transportation is a major challenge for us, uh, especially because we, we essentially handle it our, you know, in-house, mm-hmm. um, and it is very difficult. So uh, if I can have them more on board, I would, I would love to have that. Okay. Yeah, our, in Columbus, our school corporation is one of our two biggest partners. Um, they really they couldn't be a better partner than they are. They do provide. Uh, we share the transportation after school, so any kid in any school can get a bus there. Um, they have. We have our big brother, big sister, site-based case managers in eleven elementary schools. Uh, they allow our teen volunteer recruiters access to all the middle schools and high schools at any time. Um, in fact, support that, and the administration at the school supports those programs very well. Um, we have shared employees in the past uh, running programs like the pre-K program. Those people worked for Foundation for Youth and ran the programs in the school. So we've shared back and forth over the years, have a long, rich uh, partnership with our evaluation of programs. We're able to get great information on students and tracking uh, That that's could be really difficult mm-hmm. if we didn't have such a strong relationship. Wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Jim? Uh, in Vigo County, we we actually receive a grant through the Vigo County School Corporation, and it's funneled down from the uh, State Department of Education, mm-hmm. and it's uh, with McKinney-Vento money uh, to work with uh, homeless children, and that helps fund our, our preschool and also some of our after-school uh, tutoring. And uh, we work with the social work to, uh, the social worker from Vigo County to uh, kind of reach out to that population. Uh, obviously, I, I think that all uh, all of our agencies could receive more help from a school corporation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely would like to have more help with transportation. We've got a used bus for seven kids. When you've got a hundred kids, it takes a lot of trips, Ooh. but. Uh, uh, you know, that being said, it, it, they do a good job. I think you just mentioned homeless youth. Uh, how many uh, do you suspect you deal with? How many homeless young people? It depends on the definition of homeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, each HUD has a different definition from the school corporation. What I would say is that uh, about out of the 1,500 we probably worked with, about 30 percent. Last night was a very low night because school was out. They didn't know we were open. 32 kids were in. That happened to be uh, HUD's one-day count for homelessness. We surveyed there and 15% of our kids for that day were homeless. Mm -hmm. So we have a high population of homeless Mm -hmm. children. And both of you, Jeff and David, is this an issue, do you think, in your communities too? Oh, I, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I can't point to any numbers. Uh, I, I couldn't give that, sure. but uh, but I would say that you know there's certainly 
the issues are there. I, I know yeah. based on our demographics that it's got to be yeah. a piece of it. Yeah, specifically homeless, I'm not sure, but you know, 73% of our families qualify for some sort of assistance based on national poverty level. So the, the demographic is certainly there. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're uh, right about out of time. I just want to bring that up because I think people think about homelessness, but they don't think about kids being homeless for mm-hmm. some reason. And so I would say that yeah. those children that are homeless mm-hmm. definitely use our centers because, uh, you know, and a lot of people that have low income do not have heat or water at mm-hmm. home, and so they come to our centers to survive. Mm-hmm. All right. Very quickly in the last uh, less than a minute, uh, just offer a phone number in case people want to get in touch with you for more information. Jeff, let's start with you. Well, it, you know, because we aren't really fully established at this point, uh, it's all coming through the Boys and Girls Clubs of Bloomington right now at uh, 332-5311, and uh, Amy Matney would be your, your contact person. Okay. David? Um, on the web, foundationforyouth.com or 812-372-7867. Uh, they can ask for me. Okay. Uh, on the web, riveshall.org, R-Y-V-E-S-H-A-L-L.org or 812-235-1265 and ask for me. Okay. All right. That was Jim Edwards and before David Westenberger and Jeff Baldwin is also here. Thanks for all the great work that you do with uh, young people. For Mary Catherine Carmichael, producer Daniel Robison and engineer Mike Pashkash, I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home, office, and garage using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2, owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. Smithville Telephone Company, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922. Offering bundled packages, high-speed internet, and wireless phones. Smithville Telephone, local pride, global technology, information at smithville.net.